Hello, and welcome to Wrong Commentary. I'm Kendall. I'm a rom-com superfan with a degree in film. I love movies, but I really love rom-coms. And I'm Haley. I'm also a rom-com superfan. I studied acting and writing in college, where I wrote rom-coms and forced us to talk about the modern rom-com in Shakespeare class. We're cousins, but we have pretty different experiences with this genre. I grew up watching rom-coms nonstop. I found them at an early age and started watching any and all of them that I could get my hands on. Meanwhile, I grew up with a lot of rules around media that my mom can't even explain. For example, I wasn't allowed to watch cartoons where characters had braces. That being said, I've always loved love stories. When I grew up a little more and began to have access to PG-13 movies, I began to love rom-coms. Many of my first watches of the iconic ones were with Kendall after a moment of shock that I hadn't seen them. I studied film and got my bachelor's degree in it, but never in my education did we apply film theory and analysis to rom-coms. So that's what we're doing here. We love this genre, and we want to talk about these movies through a critical lens. Normally when we talk about rom-coms, it's from the perspective of, these are fun, but they aren't to be taken seriously. We're going to take them seriously. We're also going to be critical of them. We've got some questions to help us break down these movies from identifying the tropes, seeing how well these movies hold up, and giving them an overall grade. We're going to have fun and talk about some movies that we love in a way that we haven't always talked about them. So, without further ado, let's get started with this week's rom-com. Through the good times and the bad, you were the best I never had. The only chance I wish I had to This week, we're talking about a movie that I feel like we've referenced so many times, but don't think we've ever referenced by name on the podcast. And that movie is 10 years. Yes. A highly anticipated movie between the two of us. Yes. A highly anticipated movie on the podcast, but more so off the podcast. Yes. This is a movie that I have been... I have a solo campaign to get everyone I know to watch this movie and Mm -hmm. fall in love with it because I love this movie. Yeah, it's one of your favorites. It's one of my favorites, and I'm so excited to talk about it today. It's really good, and let's give the disclaimer at the Mm -hmm. top. You've said before, it's a lot of rom-coms. You can have the spoilers, and it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. This movie, if you haven't seen it, go watch it now. Mm -hmm. And then come back and listen. It's a movie that you would benefit from going in blind. Yes. There's a few movies that I wish I could see again for the first time. This is one of them. Yeah. I highly, highly, highly encourage you to go watch the movie and then come back to us. Please. Okay. Now we can talk about the movie. Yes. All right. Do you want some background? Let's get into it. Okay. 10 years. 2011 is the year for the movie, but it was released in 2012. So it's one of those funky little things. Got it. It's an indie movie, so it's going to have some funky stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Released September 14th, 2012, rated PG-13, a runtime of one hour and 40 minutes. The premise or synopsis. Um, the night of their high school reunion, a group of friends realize they still haven't quite grown up in some ways. Yeah. It's a simple movie, mm-hmm. and it's a simple explanation. Written and directed by Jamie Linden. It's his directorial debut. He's written some other movies. He wrote We Are Marshall, Dear John, and Money Monster. That's about it. Cool. Yeah. I've seen Dear John. I haven't seen the other two, but they're known movies. They Mm -hmm. have big stars in them. This movie stars many people, among them Channing Tatum, Rosario Dawson, Jenna Dewan, Kate Mara, Oscar Isaac, Chris Pratt, Justin Long, Ari Grainer, Max Minghella, Anthony Mackie, Lynn Collins, Brian Garrity, Aubrey Plaza, Ron Livingston, Scott Porter, Aaron Yu. This, at its core, is an ensemble comedy. 
Yes. It, or is it an ensemble drama? Yes. It's kind it's of, a, it's just an ensemble movie. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. This movie kind of defies genre. Yes. The genre really is indie. Yeah. Which is odd that that's a genre, but it is. Yeah. It definitely doesn't necessarily fall into the rom-com genre either. And mm-hmm. we'll get into, as we get further into the podcast, why we think it qualifies. Exactly. Because we're stretching here, mm-hmm. but we're making it work. And we're partly making it work just because of how much I love the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I really hope that other people have watched it now to listen to this and love it too and are excited to hear us talk about it. So some interesting trivia behind the scenes information. Jamie Linden went to high school with Scott Porter, who's in the movie. Um, He was also once the assistant to Anthony Minghella, who's a filmmaker, and the father of Max Minghella, who's in this movie. Kate Mara, Anthony Mackie, and Brian Garrity were all in We Are Marshall, that first movie he wrote. And unrelated, but cool... Jamie Linden's partner since 2016 is Rachel McAdams. Love that. The amazing Rachel McAdams. Love her. And a rom-com superstar. Yes. Love that lady. So another trivia, a lot of the characters' names are the actors' names Mm -hmm. or variations of them. Also, Chris Pratt, his name is Coley Mm -hmm. in the movie, and that's his brother's name in real life. There you go. Weird. I think that people, like, got to pick their names, kind of, which is fun. Since it's an indie... A lot of my numbers are weird. (laughs) Fair enough. I do not know the gross for this movie or the box office. It could be just shy of a million. It could be 200,000. Great. Those are kind of the two rough numbers I have. Super similar numbers. Super similar (laughs) numbers. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. 60% critic. 40% audience. Those aren't awesome numbers, but I completely understand them. Mm -hmm. Is this the first time? I think this is the first time we've had a movie where the critic score is higher than the audience. I don't know if it is, but it's possible. I think it makes sense Mm -hmm. because this is the kind of movie that like indie critics are going to like and that those like kind of stuffy filmy people Mm -hmm. might be into. Yeah. Traditional film people I wouldn't think would love this movie. It's a little bit too quiet and a little Mm -hmm. bit too simple. Yeah. But those niche people are Mm going to love this movie. It's kind of mumblecore. Yeah. Mumblecore is a very specific genre where they're kind of, um, they're heavy on the dialogue. They're improvised. Mm -hmm. They're normally about people in their 20s kind of going through that quarter life crisis. Mm -hmm. This movie is totally mumblecore to me. Yeah. Here's some quotes from some critics. So a Metacritic general consensus idea can kind of be summed up with this quote. A sweet ensemble comedy about a high school reunion. Ten years is well cast, but unfortunately predictable and short on three-dimensional characters. The LA Times said it is largely engaging, but that there's a lot of been there, done that going on. The Hollywood Reporter says, pulls us in eventually, delivering its share of poignant insights and melancholy reflections, even if it does feel a tad familiar. I mean, I'm a rom-com fan. Yeah. Which means that I like movies that often have similar endings. Mm -hmm. But I just take such issue with this idea that in order for a story to be worth something, it can't feel predictable or familiar. Yeah. I would make the argument that this movie, its strength lies in the fact that I feel like I've known these people, that these people feel familiar. It feels comfortable. It feels familiar. It feels like small-town America. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's really comfortable for a lot of viewers. Mm -hmm. I think you and me in particular. Yeah. We grew up in, like, regular suburbs Suburbs, of America. You know, standard. What Mm -hmm. you see 
in this movie, kind of expected, simple. Yeah. feel like I've been to a bar like Pretzels. Yeah. I know the bar from my town that's similar. Mm-hmm. I know... Um, I know these people. I feel like I went to high school with these characters, these yeah. types of people. But they don't feel like stereotypes. It doesn't feel like no. jock and cheerleader type of thing or the band geek. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that in the Coley storyline yeah. that we'll have to talk about. But, yeah, it doesn't feel like the familiar, comfortable mm-hmm. coziness is a weakness. I think it's a strength. I agree. That's why the movie works, and that's part of why I love the movie. The mm-hmm. other part we'll talk about yes. soon. The landscape. Top grossing movies of the year. This is kind of irrelevant with this movie. Mm -hmm. There's no world in which this movie cracks that top ten. Of course. There is an indie romance movie that I think maybe did or maybe could have, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that as we go on. It'll come up later. So, the top grossing of the year. The Avengers, The Dark Knight Rises, The Hunger Games, Skyfall, The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2, The Amazing Spider-Man, Brave, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, Ted, Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. There's nothing wrong with a franchise movie. There is nothing wrong with a kid's movie. Mm -hmm. But they sure do make it difficult for anything else to appear in that top ten. They really do. It's it's a flooded market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really tough. Here's the rom-coms of the time, of the era, of this year, kind of. The Vow, This Means War, Friends with Kids, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, The Lucky One, Think Like a Man, Tonight You're Mine, The Five-Year Engagement, LOL, what to Expect When You're Expecting, Lola Versus, Your Sister's Sister, Ruby Sparks, Celeste and Jesse Forever, Trouble with the Curve, Pitch Perfect, The First Time, Silver Linings Playbook, Playing for Keeps, Save the Date, This is 40. An interesting list. There's some standard rom-coms in there. Mm-hmm. We've got This Means War, Think Like a Man, um, What to Expect When You're Expecting, Trouble with the Curve, Pitch Perfect, kind of similar, like just like general yeah. rom-coms, but then there's movies like Your Sister's Sister, Celeste and Jesse Forever, Ruby Sparks, Silver Linings Playbook. These aren't standard rom-coms. They're not really Mm rom-coms. They fit very nicely with 10 years. Yeah. But 10 years isn't one that is as recognizable as these ones even. Mm -hmm. I think people might recognize the name Celeste and Jesse Forever. Yeah. More than they would recognize 10 years. I would agree. I also think that This makes sense that in 2012 is before we have the modern rom-com that we see today, Mm -hmm. but after the proposal era has ended. So it makes sense that that's what this list looks like. And this is part of a very interesting time in film when we had the rom-com renaissance, but we also have this mumblecore moment Mm -hmm. that has these really quiet, gentle little movies that are very niche Mm -hmm. and... I found and fell in love with. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's get into some questions. Let's do it. Okay, Haley, how did you experience this movie? I watched it for the first time this morning. I loved it overall. Mm -hmm. I really loved parts of it. Other parts I liked. There was some stuff that I liked a little less. Um, But overall, I enjoyed watching this movie. I'm so jealous that you got to watch it for the first time. (laughs) However, I know that I did spoil part of it for you. Yes, but I didn't remember that. You didn't? Did you remember any of it? No. And then after I watched it, I was like, oh, this is the movie she was telling me about that one time. So I did get to experience that moment. Yay. Okay. I'm so jealous. But I'm so happy that you finally watched it. Yes. 
And it was one of those movies where I was like, I need to watch it. I've been meaning to watch it. And then the idea for the podcast started, mm-hmm. and it was like, well, now I have to save my first watch yeah. because I have to watch it for this. Yeah. Um, how did you experience this movie? So this is one of my library movies. Yes. Which to many people means nothing. <laughs> to me means everything. It means everything. I started renting movies. Like, you could check out movies from the library. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that when I was, like, 14 or 15. I think we've talked about it on here yeah. before, but I would get, like, R-rated rom-coms, uh-huh. like Friends with Benefits, What's Your Number, No Strings Attached. I also got mumblecore movies, like yes. Happy Christmas <laughs> and this. I got 10 years at the library. Yeah. And my sister watched it before I did, and she said that she didn't like it and that she didn't think I would like it. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly why, and we'll get there when we get there, mm-hmm. but... I went into it the first time thinking, oh, I guess I'm not going to like it very much. Like, I was excited about it because I kind of knew this cast-ish. Mm-hmm. Ex- like, Channing Tatum was, like, a rom-com guy oh, at yeah. the time. So I went into it thinking Channing Tatum's the rom-com guy. Mm-hmm. So he'll be the leading man in this movie. Mm-hmm. I kind of know what to expect. But I also knew the trailer, and it felt mumblecore. Okay. Which I kind of knew about a little bit. I didn't know the term mumblecore, but I knew Mm -hmm. the idea. I knew indie movies. So I kind of had an idea. I went into it. I watched it. I liked it. And I kind of knew this movie is going to be really good to me later. Like, I'm Mm going to love this movie later, but right now I don't get it. But it fed this, like, nostalgia for me of nostalgia for the past, but also nostalgia for the future. And started my love affair with 10-year reunions, with, like, high school reunions. Yes. I have a fascination with them and a love for them. I've written short films yeah. that are a 10-year reunion. hmm Totally inspired by this movie. Absolutely. Totally. You've seen it. You yeah. know. Kind of similar. I liked this movie a lot, and then it wasn't until a couple years ago that I rewatched it again for the first time in years, and that's when I fell in love with this movie. I loved mm-hmm. it so much. I talked to my mom about it, and it was COVID, so I was home, and then she said, oh, I want to watch it, and then the next day we watched it again. I watched this two days in a row. Love. Because I loved it so much, and I very well could watch it again tonight. (laughs) It's so good. So that's where it kind of falls for me, and the thing that I I knew I was going to like again later, and I think after the first time I watched it, I did still hold on to and loved about the movie, Mm -hmm. is the Reeves... Elise storyline. Yes. And that's really what we're going to focus on today. Uh-huh. Because that's how we make it work for this podcast. Is that yes. their storyline is the rom-com yes. storyline here. It's so good. And I do remember that I saw this movie and loved the tricks that they did with that story. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was telling people about. I was saying, this was so cool. This was so clever. I love when a movie tricks you and surprises you and kind of mm-hmm. does a twist and reveals things and yes. you can't see it coming because I didn't see it coming you, when we get that reveal. You can't see it coming and then you look back and you're like, how did I not see it coming? And that's my favorite thing in a movie. Mm-hmm. I love the Oceans movies. Mm-hmm. I love the Knives Out movies. Yes. All of that kind of stuff. I like National Treasure. Like, yeah. I don't know why, but those are similar to me. <laughs> and when we get to see those kinds of tricks used in a rom-com... Oof. My favorite. Very fun. Absolutely my favorite. Okay, the big question. Yes. Did you like it? Yeah. Overall, yes. Good. Loved the Reeves and Elise storyline. Yeah. Absolutely This is like the most scared I've been for an answer. (laughs) It's also the most excited I've been to record an episode of this podcast. Yes. Um, Loved that storyline. Didn't 
love the Cully storyline, but really not important for the podcast. I didn't, but I also did. The thing with the Cully storyline is that it does something really awesome for me, which is shows people an example of something that I've talked about many times, which is if you're going to apologize, mm-hmm. it can't be for yourself and you have to mean it. You can't just apologize because you're supposed to. It's not the same. Totally. And I like the, I think I like the core message of that storyline. I just was feeling secondhand embarrassment for him every time that he was on screen and it was making me uncomfortable. Yeah. You really feel for Sam, his wife, the mm-hmm. whole time. Because the, the movie is, Coley is going to the high school reunion and he's like a drunk and a mess, mm-hmm. but he's also like a dad and like, seems like he's a decent guy. Yeah. But he's very messy and he was a jerk in high school to a mm-hmm. lot of different people. And so at the reunion, his mission is to apologize to everyone that he's supposed to apologize to. Yeah. I think my favorite moment from his storyline while we're on it is one of the people who he was mean to in high school, he's apologized and kind of been aggressive with his apology. Yeah. And then his wife comes over and is like, I'm sorry, he's being like this. Mm-hmm. And that guy replies to Sam, his wife and says, I'm sorry for you because I know you have to say this all the time. Yeah. I love that moment because Mm -hmm. the guy is saying, like, stop. Like, we both know that this is not cool. Mm -hmm. And you apologizing doesn't help either. Yeah. This whole thing is a mess. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. That's what it's saying. Yeah. And I love it. I think that that's awesome. I like that we have such aggressively imperfect characters in this Mm -hmm. movie. There's a lot of people that are very annoying and very frustrating. Uh-huh. When I first watched the movie, I had no idea where the Reeves-Elise storyline was going. Mm-hmm. So let's just explain that storyline again, just as a refresher, if yeah. you have seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, go away. <laughs> <laughs> go watch it, please. Reeves and Elise... Reeves is like a rock star, right? Mm-hmm. He went off and, he's like... He's actually just a musician. He's just a musician, as he says. Yeah. He went off and he had this big song called Never Had, Mm -hmm. and it was his big hit song. And so at the reunion, people are, like, coming up to him. In the car, like, his friend has his CD, and he, like, Mm -hmm. hides the CD because he's embarrassed, but, Mm -hmm. like, whatever. And he's kind of going back and watching it a second time. This movie is so rewarding because you see all these little hints. Like, in the car, Reeves is like, I wasn't going to come, but then, I don't know, I got the itch. Uh, I wasn't going to come, man. I had no intention of coming. I just... You know, I got the itch. He's only there for one reason. Yep. Reeves came to the reunion to see Elise mm-hmm. because, dun 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 his big song is about Elise. Yes. It's amazing. And we spend the whole movie coming back to their story, which sometimes I'll rewatch the movie and just fast forward and only watch their story. As you should, yeah. so sweet. We keep coming back to them and they're just hanging out all night. They're talking, catching up, all of that. And it's like they kind of, he remembers her, mm-hmm. obviously, and he's not lying about that. But she's like, I can't believe you remember me. That's so weird. But not impressed by the Hollywood thing or like the musician Mm-mm. thing, whatever. Doesn't know his famous song. Yeah. And then he also keeps like asking about her love life. He won't let that go. He needs to know about her love life. Mm-hmm. The best part of the movie mm-hmm. comes in the Elise Reeves storyline, which yes. happens when they go to Pretzels, the bar, Yes. after the reunion party, and he just, like, doesn't want to hang out with his friends. He's just with Elise. Mm-hmm. Very cute. And earlier in the movie, we see them looking at the photo wall, and on the in the photos is Elise wearing these yellow shoes, 
and the lines there are fantastic. I forgot about those yellow shoes. Forgot about them? Oh, wow. I didn't. He's got these little lines of, like, he knows everything. Mm -hmm. He remembers everything about her. Yeah, she even says, I forgot about those shoes, and he says, I didn't. Yes. And watching it back, you get to enjoy that moment. Mm-hmm. Watching it the first time, you don't think anything of it. No, I even have on my in my notes, I'm like, they're really focusing on these shoes. Yeah. But did you think, like, oh, we're going to get a reason? No, I was like, that's just, like, kind of quirky and weird of them. Yeah. So then the best moment in the movie is when they're at pretzels, they're together again, mm-hmm. and not together together, but they're just, like, sitting together, and one of his friends says, oh, your song is on the karaoke machine, you got to come sing it. You come drifting in through the half-light In your funny yellow shoes And we get to watch her face as she realizes, oh my god, this guy is really into me and was since high school and I'm the inspiration for his biggest song and oh my gosh she puts it all together Mm -hmm. and it's amazing amazing we also get this moment where we as the audience are like half a step ahead because the karaoke lyrics come up on screen behind Reeves Mm -hmm. and the yellow shoes line is up there but you're not thinking like oh there's going to be a line that I'm going to need to know but when you're watching it again you see it and you're like there it is there's the yellow shoes line yeah. I it's it. incredible. There's a few moments in their storyline mm-hmm. where I'm like, if done slightly differently, this wouldn't have worked. One of them is it's so, she is so close to being a not like other girls girl, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Cause like she's never heard this song, which apparently mm-hmm. is a huge song. Yeah. And instead of it being like, oh my gosh, that's so cool that you've never heard this mm-hmm. song, he calls her on it and is like, oh, I guess you're not with the times. Yeah. And it's like not a big thing at all. Mm-hmm. And I just, like that detail I really liked. I felt like with her, she wasn't doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. It was genuine. She's like, no, I just, I just don't keep up with pop music or yeah. whatever. Like it wasn't a, I don't keep up with pop music because I'm too cool. It was a... Oh, I just like other things, but mm-hmm. pop music's fine. I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I've never seen a movie successfully do that mm-hmm. until this one. Yeah. She feels like a very real character. I think part of it is the way that she is contrasted with the popular girls mm-hmm. is really effective because it makes you instantly relate to her. Yes. And feel for her and like her. Mm-hmm. And then you don't feel like you're fighting that trope of mm-hmm. the not like other girls thing. Okay. Most iconic or quotable liner moment? I have a couple. I think, when I think back on this movie, I'm going to think of Never Had. Yeah, that's the obvious thing, right? Mm -hmm. The song. It's the song. Yeah. I think that what makes this movie feel, like, what I see referenced in real life that Mm -hmm. I see also in this movie is how on the nose they are with the reunion. Like... It, mm-hmm. The the way the name tags are, the yeah. reintroductions of everyone, the way everyone reverts to their high school self, those are things that I see show up in media and other places, so it feels iconic. Yes. It's very recognizable. The 10-year sign that's mm-hmm. massive that Coley knocks over that has the lights. Yes. It's very classic. 
I had two things other than the song. I think the song is the obvious thing. Yeah. Especially for me, I have it on my phone. Like, I bought the song mm-hmm. on iTunes when I was <laughs> when it was 2012 when this yes. came out. The other things that I think of and remember from the movie are when Chris Pratt makes the drinks at the bar in his house and then stirs them with his fingers. Mm-hmm. I think that's so funny. And then... When they sneak the booze into the party. Yes. With the kids' sippy Sip cups. cups. Justin mm-hmm. Long and um, Marty and AJ. Yeah. They're the characters. They want to take booze into the party, and so they put it in sippy cups from Chris Pratt's kids. Which is so funny. So funny. Okay. Is there a meet cute? No. No, there's really not. It's a reunion. Everyone's met before. Mm-hmm. There could be a meet cute in a way if you really stretch Reeves and Elise re-meeting mm-hmm. and them them meeting then being there how they meet with that song. Yeah. But that's not a meet cute by definition no. because they don't meet that way. No. And you they, can't have that song without meeting already. Yeah. They clearly have history. Yeah. What are the tropes and are they effective? A trope that I feel like we've seen a few times but don't know if we've ever called out as Mm -hmm. a trope in this podcast is the friend with kids. Yeah. Like, I feel like that shows up a lot in rom-coms. It really does. It's like the friend with kids that kind of hates their kids. Mm -hmm. But this movie, it's like, it's kind of that. But, oh, when they meet the kids, it's so funny. Chris Pratt is... His friends are there, and his friends are meeting his kid. Mm-hmm. They're saying hi, and he says, that's, that's the other one. It's cool. You don't have to... You know, it's all right. She don't care. You don't, you don't care. She's not going to remember. He's very... Like, he's dismissive of the friends greeting the kid. He... When... Because Reeves is, like, separate from the first group of friends mm-hmm. that walks in. Reeves walks in and meets the kids, mm-hmm. and they're walking to the car. Yes. When they are leaving, yes. Reeves is playing with the kids. And having fun. Yes. And Chris Pratt says, like, oh... That's okay, dude. You don't need to pretend to like my kids. Mm-hmm. And Reeves is like, No, I do. I like I'm not kids. pretending. I, I like your kids. And Chris Pratt says, He's like, Well, I love them, obviously, but like, you don't have to. Yeah. And he like, Reeves clearly does like these kids mm-hmm. a lot. And it immediately just is like, makes him so much better than he already was. <laughs> like, I know. Everything <laughs> about Reeves, when you watch the movie a second time, you're paying attention to Reeves more mm-hmm. because you know that that's your love story yeah. that you're going to follow. So when you're doing that, it's so fun because you see through the whole thing, there are so many little moments where he's the best of all of them. Mm-hmm. He really is. When they're in the car smoking pot mm-hmm. and Channing Tatum is in the front and then Reeves is up there too. Mm-hmm. And then Mary arrives, which is Channing Tatum's high school girlfriend. Yes. And there's clearly some drama or something mm-hmm. that is uncomfortable maybe and instead of being like look who's here ha 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 he says oh look who's here but in a way that is so clearly respectful to Channing Tatum's character Jake yes it's really interesting and it's very different from how any of the other guys in that friend group would have done it mm-hmm. you know already they're kind of rambunctious they're rowdy yep. they're troublemakers you know Marty or AJ would have like run up to her yeah and done something stupid yeah but Reeves is the gentle sweet guy mm-hmm. and says it in a respectful way and kind of looks at Jake first to like see is this gonna be okay if I say something because it's gonna be weird if we don't acknowledge this yeah which like you totally know that guy in friend groups. When you think of high school friend groups of guys, mm-hmm. there's always one. There's the one. Uh, yep. Yeah. The trope in this movie 
mm-hmm. that I have to point out is mm-hmm. this is the all-time best yep. use of the rock star falls for normal person trope. Mm-hmm. This is one I was talking about when we talked about New Year's Eve. Yes. This is it. Yes. It's my favorite. And it's the genuine sweetness and softness and subtleness. He literally cannot take his eyes off of her. Mm -mm. He is so genuinely into her and came to this stupid reunion just to see her. This man loves her. Yeah. And I want them together forever. Yes. Yes. How's the chemistry? This is some of the best chemistry we've seen. I don't understand how they did it. It's amazing. Maybe the best chemistry that I can think of in a movie. Mm -hmm. It's not a traditional rom-com chemistry. It's like a very intimate, comfortableness, flirty, Mm -hmm. very flirty chemistry that happens as soon as they see each other. It feels like a crush. It really feels like a crush. And I think that's what it is, is this captured the feeling of, like, once you've realized, oh my gosh, I think I have a crush on someone, Mm -hmm. before you've told them, like, that Mm -hmm. period of time, it captures it, like, perfectly. Right? The way that he comes up to her and he gives her $3. That's for you. What's this for? I owe you three bucks. You do? Yeah. Mr. Ferguson's physics class. Junior year, went to the planetarium. You oh, no. Oh. I don't remember anything really about junior year, though. Oh, so. uh, well, you only borrowed some money, so I just thought I'd pay you back. Thank you. You're welcome. Immediately lets you know something is going to happen here because the look on her face, the look on his face, the way they look at each other, it's mm-hmm. perfect. Part of why it works, these are damn good actors. Oh, yeah. We've got Kate Mara and Oscar Isaac Mm -hmm. playing this couple. Incredibly talented actors. This is what I know them from. Yep. They've both been in, like, lots of stuff. Oscar Isaac is a huge star. He's Uh been in Star Wars stuff and Marvel stuff. If I ever saw him on the street, I would have to stop him and say, I loved you in (laughs) ten years. And that would be embarrassing for both of us, but also a beautiful moment we could share. Oh, yeah. It it feels like the thing where people are, like, referencing actors' most niche work as, like, a bit. But, no, this is real. But it's real. (laughs) It's real. This is my favorite thing that most of these people have done. Mm Mm-hmm. The other thing to note with Oscar Isaac, he wrote the song. No. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you had that information. Of, I like, do who have wrote that the information. Song. He wrote it with someone else, but mm-hmm. he wrote it. He is, he's a very talented guy, and he wow. wrote Never Had, and he sings it beautifully, and it's been on my iPod <laughs> since 2012. So good. The other chemistry that's in this movie is Channing and Jenna, mm-hmm. who are Jake and Jess. Mm-hmm. They have really good chemistry. Yes. It's a more comfortable chemistry of, like, they're a team. They've been mm-hmm. together a while. It's really sweet. Like, I like them as a couple. I want to hang out with them. Yes. They seem cool. They were married at the time, mm-hmm. so obviously they had a natural chemistry with each other. And it works. It's really nice. It's a sweet contrast with the other couple of Elise and Reeves. Yeah. Channing Tatum also has really good chemistry with Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. And... I think that that storyline is also really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that storyline. I really like it. I didn't like that storyline the first time I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. And then now, I love it. 
the story is Jake is with Jess. He The movie starts with us seeing that he wants to propose to Jess. Mm-hmm. He's not proposing or anything. He looks at the ring, all that, and then puts it away. We move on. And then we meet Mary, and we find out throughout the movie with little... We get little clues as mm-hmm. to what happened. There's, like, little whispers of things. And then we find out they were high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. And then her dad had a heart attack, and they missed prom because of that. And it kind of bonded them. And then mm-hmm. he... It sounds like... It, through the conversations, we can guess that he had more heart attacks. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he died. And then Jake and... Mary mm-hmm. stayed together, and then eventually he had, had to go. He had to go move on and grow up and go to college. And then they see each other again, and it seems like they really haven't spoken in 10 years. Yeah. Ultimately, they both reveal that the, the reason they came was to see each other. Yes. Mary is married, and it's then revealed at the end that she's pregnant, and Jake reveals that he's going to propose to Jess. Mm-hmm. So throughout the movie, you're kind of thinking, like, what are their motives? Like, you feel uncomfortable. Yes. You're like, are they wanting to get back together? Are they wanting something from each other? No. They were really, like, they were high school sweethearts that their friendship was ultimately turned into just a really sweet friendship. Mm-hmm. It was a relationship. Now it's a really genuine friendship where they clearly meant a lot to each other. Yes. Yes. And it's Mary, beautiful. Mary is married. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment in the movie that I absolutely love with her and her husband mm-hmm. where they're at pretzels and yes. they're getting in a little bit of an argument yes. over something. And the argument kind of comes to like, not a peak, but it's like a... It, okay, fine. It's fine. like a fine. Yeah. And so one of them walks away, immediately comes back in frame and goes, I love you. I love you too. Mm-hmm. And you just see, you're like, Okay, so they are a really solid couple. They're fine. Like, they know how to argue and how Mm -hmm. to bicker and be like, I'm frustrated with you. I still love you. Like, we're still fine. Everything's going to be fine. But I'm annoyed right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, love you. I'll see you in a bit. Yeah. It's, I love that moment too. That was one of my favorites. It's like, that's real. Mm -hmm. And that's so cool to see. Yes. I love with Mary and Jake when they finally have their dance, they didn't go to prom because mm-hmm. of the heart attack that her dad had. So then they dance at pretzels mm-hmm. and I love it. It's so sweet. And then while they're dancing is when we get that moment of like, this is the reason they came mm-hmm. to the reunion was to see each other and kind of get this closure. Their dance is a symbol of the closure that people look for in relationships. Yes. He needed to talk to her and have that feeling of being settled with all of that before mm-hmm. he could propose to Jess. Yeah. And she wanted to tell him that she was okay, kind of. Like, it, that's what it felt like there. Yeah. She needed to see him. She needed to talk to him and show him that she was okay. Yeah. It's a really sweet exchange where it feels like they both get what they want and what they need and what they came to the reunion for. Absolutely. Where have we seen this story? Do you have anything? I feel like this... Like, if we break it down, there are pieces of this story that feel like we've seen them in other places, right? Yeah. Like, there are other high school reunion things. Mm-hmm. There are other revert-to-teenage antics things. Um, but I don't know if I've ever seen a story like this one, mm-hmm. where it's so soft and sweet around yes. all of that antics. It's so gentle. Mm-hmm. Um The ones that I thought of were The Big Chill, which is a classic, About Alex, which is another mumblecore one, and then Mm -hmm. The Romantics. 
The Big Chill is iconic and a classic. I'm not even going to touch it. About Alex and the Romantics, I like. About Alex is kind of sad, but it's really, really good. The Romantics is upsetting. <laughs> Got it. I don't recommend that movie, but all of those are ensemble, friend group, mm-hmm. kind of reunion movies. The other one that I thought of was Before We Go, which is the Chris Evans movie. Mm-hmm. He, I don't think he wrote it, but he directed it. He stars in it with Alice Eve. It takes place over one night. Okay. And so it has a similar feel, mm-hmm. and it has a very similar feel to me to the Elise and Reeves story. Okay. In terms of tone and vibe and kind of what's going on there. Those are the ones that are similar. All of these little individual stories, I feel like we've seen similar stuff elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like the Jake, Jess type of thing mm-hmm. with Mary a little bit reminds me of Cha-Cha Real Smooth, the okay. Apple movie that came out. Um you can find that trope of falling in love with a rock star in mm-hmm. a couple different places. That's kind of where you can find similar stuff, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen this exact story before. It it reminds yeah. me of other stuff, and that's a question for later. Yeah. Yeah. Is it funny? Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't say every single storyline is funny. No. But overall, the movie is funny. Yes. There's characters and storylines that are used for comic relief. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is annoying and sometimes it works. Mm-hmm. I think that Aubrey Plaza is used really well here. Yes. She's not used as well as she could be used, but she is used well. Aubrey Plaza, I think, is one of those actors where you have to just let her do her thing. Yeah. And then it's going to work. Yeah. And I think that there was... I don't know for sure, but I would guess that there's a decent amount of improv in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, it could be... I could be totally missing a piece of information and yeah. it's all improv. That wouldn't shock me. It would, actually. There's a couple things that mm-hmm. Reeves says that I'm like, that was scripted. There's yeah. no way. But there's a couple of really funny lines in the movie, and I think that Aubrey probably came up with a few of them. Mm-hmm. One of them that is so good is... Her husband, she finds out that her husband... This storyline is, like, so weird. So weird and so, like... I, I ask myself every time I watch this movie, is this wrong? I don't know if someone can tell me. Let me know. Yeah. I'm happy to... Yeah. Take some notes there. But her husband used to hang out with only black guys yeah. in high school. Is what it seems like, right? Mm-hmm. That was like his core friend group. And so he kind of, be, he was a white guy and he kind of behaved like he was not. Yes. Weird. But cool, whatever. None of his friends seemed to mind, but his wife is shocked by the information. Yeah. And his wife, Aubrey Plaza, mm-hmm. has a great line where she says, how black did you act? <laughs> this is, yeah. Like on a scale of white to black. <laughs> and he says, a dark gray. <laughs> how black uh, did you act? Did I act? Like, like on a scale from one to ten? Like oh. on a scale from white to black. I'd say like uh, a dark gray. <laughs> Which is like, it's so funny. And it's one of those things that I think a lot of movies would be scared to do that kind of storyline. Because mm-hmm. it's a little bit dancing with disaster. Yeah. But I think it works and it gives us some funny jokes because everyone's cool with it. No one says anything too horrible. No. Right? And they also seem to make it clear mm-hmm. that her issue with it is not that he was acting black. It was that she feels like her husband was a different person in high school yes. than the person that she has come to know. The problem is that she's been given information that is new mm-hmm. and she doesn't 
quite get why she wasn't told that information before. Yeah. It just feels like a secret. It's also, like, to have Aubrey Plaza and Anthony Mackie, both people with incredible comedic timing, Mm -hmm. having punchlines in the same storyline, it works well. Yeah, it's really fun. Some of the other lines that I loved, (laughs) this is one of my favorites, Coley announces, we're all going to pretzels. (laughs) Yes. And then Sam, he's drunk. Mm-hmm. Very drunk. Oh, and then yeah. his wife, Sam, goes, my husband, the event coordinator. <laughs> Dude, we're going to pretzels. We're all going to pretzels. Let's go. Oh, look, it's my husband, the event coordinator. It's so funny. Sam is awesome. Ari Grainer is fantastic. Every time I see her, I'm happy to see her. Yes. She never disappoints. A line that made me laugh a lot was, I'm pretty sure it's, Scott Porter, but it's in transition of, like, moving mm-hmm. across a group of people, so I'm mm-hmm. not 100% sure he's the one who says it, but he says, if I could have been in a, if I wanted to be in a boy band, I could have been in a boy band. Yes. And that is Scott Porter. Yeah, I thought it was. And you look at him and you're like, yeah, yeah like, you, you could have been Justin Timberlake. Yeah, and it, I think it's just funnier because the Reeves storyline is, at this point, you're, like, pretty invested. Yeah. And a few people have said things to Reeves, like, well, if I was talented at something, I could be doing what you're doing. And then it's just funny. It's just, yeah, it's good. When Sam and Coley, at the end of the night, she's done with him. Mm -hmm. She's really, like, she's actually upset. She's actually tired. It's very real. But then there's some jokes in there. One of them is when they're at the bar and they're doing cheers and shots, And she's talking about how maybe there's some other people that want to get drunk and sing bad karaoke. Mm -hmm. And all Coley says, all he heard was the bad karaoke thing. So he just says, You thought my karaoke was bad? (laughs) And he's so disappointed and he's drunk. Yeah. But it's so funny. It's It's so so good. There's also a moment where, um, so I think it's Marty is sitting with someone, and they're showing him a picture of a baby. Mm-hmm. And then someone else sees the picture and goes, that is an ugly baby. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> horrible. <laughs> One of the other ones is just the delivery, and it's when Marty and AJ are at Anna's house, and he says, I didn't know you had a child, or child Ren. I didn't even know you had a child. Or child Duren. Like, he just says children, child Ren, and I love it. I don't know why it got me this time, but it did. And then when the kid at Anna's house wakes up and he's hungry, Marty says, Yeah, I'm, I'm the mayor of Hungry Town right now. I don't know why. These The jokes in this movie aren't particularly funny, but it's one of those things where the movie is so authentic feeling. It mm-hmm. feels like your friends, that when your friends say these kinds of things, you laugh. Yes. Like, sometimes these things just hit you at a certain time and in a certain mood, and they're hilarious, even though they're not really that funny. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're saying things that seem ridiculous, but also everything that everyone says, I feel like is the first thing that popped into their head. Like, it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like acting. Yeah. Biggest strength and biggest weakness. Mm Mm-hmm. The strength is the comfortableness and the fact that it really feels like all of these people went to high school together. Yes. I believe it. They're friendly and they're comfortable, but then you also get, like, the popular girls. And Elise is kind of an outsider a little bit. Mm -hmm. The friend group doesn't really know her, but they remember her kind of. Like, some of them do, some of them don't. Mm -hmm. Reeves obviously does. Reeves keeps saying physics class. Yes. That's his thing. He keeps reminding everyone. Mm -hmm. That's how we know her. They give each other shit. Everyone's, like, kind of giving each other shit. They feel like friends. There's 
the comfortableness, but a little bit of out of touch. Mm -hmm. It feels very accurate to these people know each other really well, but also don't really know what's going on right now. Yes. It was really a hard line to walk and they did it. This felt like the small town suburbs. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, totally got that feel down. Part of that is budget. Mm. I've talked about it before. I love a big New York City rom-com. I also love the little indie that could. Yeah. I love a little indie when it's not trying to be New York City big budget rom-com. Mm-hmm. You can be an indie set in New York. Oh, yeah. And feel, like, appropriate for the budget appropriate for your means you have to you have to walk these lines very carefully mm-hmm. you can't try to be something that you're not yeah if you don't have the funds to make it work i think it's always a strength when a movie knows what it is yes absolutely and this movie does mm-hmm. i think the the weakness could be that some of the storylines are tough to stomach uh-huh One of them being AJ and Marty are both trying to get with Anna. Mm -hmm. And then when she won't get with them, either of them, they TP and egg her house. Yes. Which is absurd. And I don't really want to spend much time on it because it's absurd, but it's also showing us like the movie doesn't ever say these guys are right. This is the right thing to do. And ultimately the guys learn their lesson because Mm -hmm. they realize she has two kids at home Mm -hmm. and that's not what she wants. And they were being kind of mean. Mm hmm. It all comes around, but it's a little bit difficult to stomach. I ultimately, I don't like that storyline, but ultimately I do. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the lesson works and it doesn't feel like a lesson. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I also, like, they don't have the strongest jokes in the movie. They mm-hmm. overall are just, like, kind of a weaker plot yeah. in general. Um there's a line in there that I just am like, I really don't like this line and I'm just going to move on from it because there's things in this movie that I like so much. Mm-hmm. But just they're talking about how Justin Long's character slept with a model. And then yes. it's revealed that she was a plus size model. So it's mm-hmm. like not as big of a thing. Yeah. And it's like, Ooh, but, but I'm, I'm like, okay, that makes sense for these guys to say. Yes. That fits in their characters. I'm just going to let it go and move on. I was able to let that one go, and I actually, I didn't feel like I needed to let it go. I actually didn't mind that whole bit, mm-hmm. because I felt like the filmmaker was showing us the audience. Yeah, these aren't good dudes. Yeah, that's true. The filmmaker true. didn't agree with that. Yeah. It was these characters. Like, we have to have messy, imperfect characters. Mm-hmm. And we're not always going to fix them in the movie. Yeah. Sometimes they're just part of the world because that's how the world is. Yeah. And I wonder if they were characters that I, like, wanted to root for if I would have been able to, like, look past it more. Because some of the other characters in the movie aren't perfect Mm -hmm. either, but I'm a little bit more willing to be, like... It's fine that they're not perfect, but those two guys, I was like, here's another thing that makes them bad mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. 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 I really appreciated that moment because it felt like a very clear picture to me of mm-hmm. who they were, that they could be this awful and mm-hmm. have this kind of thing to say, because it's not the only thing they say. They say lots of stuff. They say lots like... of horrible things. And then also they have some redeeming qualities. They mm-hmm. go in and they end up like making grilled cheese sandwiches or for eggs or something. I don't know yeah, what they, they make. They, the they make the eggs, but... yes, that they were going to egg her house with yeah. and make them for her kids. And it's a really sweet thing. And Justin Long tells her, 
you're glowing more than ever. Because mm-hmm. previously they had said, you glowed in high school. And mm-hmm. she was like, what, I don't anymore? Mm-hmm. And then now he says, actually, you're glowing more than ever. I can yeah. see it. They're able to be both things. They yeah. can be absolute assholes and decent human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so curious about this, what this friend group was like in high school. Me too. Because it's mostly the guys. Mm-hmm. And then Coley and Sam were together in high school, it would appear. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And then Mary and Jake were together. Mm-hmm. And then Elise and Reeves knew each other. And Reeves had a girlfriend at some point. Yes. And Elise had a boyfriend in, in Austin, Austin. <laughs> which Reeves remembers. Mm-hmm. And Reeves has a great line in there that I love where he says, I think that, uh, you date who you're supposed to like in high school, not who you actually like. Yes. Which, again, when you rewatch, you see all these things so clearly. Mm-hmm. Reeves does have a line that just feels so rom-com to me. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where if someone said it in real life to someone, I would be, like, cringy. But in a rom-com, I'm like, oh, that's kind of... I kind of like that. That's kind of smooth. Yeah. And that's... <laughs> I'm not a rock star, I'm just a musician. It's it's like so cringy, but it comes out of Oscar Isaac's mouth. And I'm like, that's kind of the right thing to say there. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. And because the movie is full of none of that, mm-hmm. there's no like cliches or yeah. cheesy or corny lines really, aside from a few from Reeves. Because of that, the ones from him feel genuine. Yeah. I believe him. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the rest of his character. It's everything mm-hmm. else that he says he feels like the sweetest, gentlest, most genuine guy there. Mm-hmm. And he has this song about Elise. He's been pining after the same girl for 10 years. Mm-hmm. He's a real, genuine, sweetie, softie. He's a romantic. He is. It makes me love him. Some of the other things with yes. Reeves and Elise that I love is when we get the moment of never had his on the karaoke machine... Mm-hmm. He kind of looks at her and is like, oh, gosh. And he re- you get to see him realize that she's about to find out. Mm-hmm. I love this movie because of the second watch. When you know what's going to happen, you get to watch differently. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching his face like, he knows if he sings the song, she's going to know. Yeah. Because she didn't know. It was very clear, like, she's never heard the song. She kind of mm-hmm. jokes one time about having heard it. And then he's like, okay, wait then you would know what. Yeah. And then it's like, no, she hasn't heard it. Yeah. So then he's like, well, if I'm going to sing the song, she's going to find out. Okay. Like he wants her to know he likes her so much. So he has another line there. She touches his hand and says like, she really wants him to sing the song. Mm-hmm. I want you to sing it. Yeah. I would love it. I actually would love it if you sang the song. Everybody Reeves, who wants Reeves to sing the song? And then he says, you should have said you'd heard it and you liked it a lot, because then I wouldn't have to do this. I'm not going to make you do it. I would really love it if you did. Come on. You should have lied. You should have said that you heard it and that you liked it a lot. I probably should have. You definitely should have, because then I wouldn't have to do this. And then he goes up and sings his song. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, dude, like, are you kidding me? And he's oh. about to do it with the karaoke machine. And then he goes, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Yes. Do you have a guitar, a guitar back there? It's so good. Oh. And then he sings the song with the guitar. And then afterwards, he goes and sits down with her again. And in the scene right there when they talk. Oh, my gosh. She knows and 
everything now. Mm-hmm. Watching her face as he's singing the song is amazing. The moment of realization, and then she's just enjoying it like, oh my gosh, I kind of like him too. This mm-hmm. is kind of great news. And then he comes back and sits down, and she's like, I didn't realize you really remembered me. Like, oh my gosh. And he's like, yeah, like, of course. What I expect there mm-hmm. in any movie mm-hmm. is that she would be like, clearly that's about me, like, which is what she says. She says yeah. something like that that leads you to believe that it's very yeah. clear she's like that's clearly about me oh my gosh because it is <laughs> and instead of having some snarky line like what do you mean what are you talking about that's not about you mm-hmm. normally that's what we would get we would get that joke of like don't be so silly uh, that's not about you ha ha huh. even though they both know it is mm-hmm. instead we get him being genuine and being like yeah like i just i remember a lot of stuff and i remember you and i liked mm-hmm. you and all that it's amazing and then they talk about how they had a moment in the parking lot after a basketball game? I didn't know you remembered anything about me, let alone could write a song about me. Really? Well, there was that moment in the parking lot. Parking lot, yeah. After that basketball game. Yeah, there was that moment. I got scared. I had my boyfriend. Boyfriend in Austin? Now you have a boyfriend in Chicago? Yeah. I should go. Getting scared again? A little bit. I'll walk you. And then they go to the parking lot. And they have a moment in the parking lot. They have a moment in the parking lot. She gives him her number in case he ever comes back to town. So what's going to happen? And then he leans in like he's going to kiss her, and she's like, that'd be a bad idea. And mm-hmm. then he kisses her anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, they kiss. It's great. And then they hook up in the car. And I love them, and I like to imagine that they lived happily ever after. And I think they did. I think they did. I think I they're cho- perfect. I also choose to believe that they were together forever. When we go back to the Jess and Jake story, mm-hmm. one of the things that I really loved with their relationship yes. is that Jess and Jake clearly have a deep trust. Mm -hmm. She's not worried about Mary. Eventually she's like, what's the deal? Like, you never told me what happened with her, all of that. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of explains it a little bit, but not a lot. She's not satisfied. They feel like they have a very similar relationship to Mary and her husband, where there's that comfortable, like, I'm mad at you, but everything's going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, I love that they those relationships parallel each other. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Um, it also, makes sense, too, because it's like they were together, so of mm-hmm. course they're going to seek a similar type of relationship. Yes. Because it's probably similar to what they had. Yes, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. It's also circling back to tropes, kind of, but mm-hmm. more just like a repeated motif that you see in a lot of romance movies. Yeah. Is the moment where they mouth, I love you, to each other. It just gets me every time the movies do that. Yeah. There's a sweet moment with... Mary and Jake that I love, which is when Scott Porter is behind the bar mm-hmm. and he's talking to them about, you know, his life, whatever. He's in, he's living in Japan and he loves it there. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how he might never come back. He has this very on the nose line that's very clearly meant to be a line that was written and put in the movie for someone to say mm-hmm. to Mary and Jake kind of about them, but it's about their own life. But it doesn't feel too weird because it feels applicable to scott porter's life as well yeah where he says why spend your time looking back when you got so much to look forward to it's very on the nose but it does Mm -hmm. work for me i also love scott porter's character just on a side note i love that he has you would think given up so much for his wife or Mm -hmm. partner i don't know if they're married i can't remember but 
she's from Japan and they live there together and he lives there to be with her when he's from, I think it's New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I love that he, it doesn't feel like he's given anything up. He's no. just embraced this new life. And he's so happy. He's so happy and he's doing so well and he has no shame about it. Yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah. And he loves his wife, you can tell. Yes. It's really cool. He really loves his mm-hmm. wife. Okay. Is the casting good? Who could make it better? This is a tricky one because, yes, yes, the casting's good. Yeah. But it's a tricky one to answer who could make it better. Yeah. Because it feels like so much of it was improv. Mm-hmm. And if you throw a different actor in an improv scene and change anything at all, it is completely different. Yeah. I didn't even entertain the question this time. Okay, good. Because <laughs> it's a movie that's so special to me, it mm-hmm. feels wrong. I love this cast. I, these people, I know these people from this movie. Mm-hmm. I know Ari Grainer and Chris Pratt from other stuff, but this yeah. is, like, where I feel like they really shine. Mm-hmm. This is such a great Chris Pratt role. Yeah, it is funny to have Aubrey Plaza and Chris Pratt in something together and have them, like, barely interact. Yeah. While knowing that this came out in 2011 and Parks and Rec was, like, started in 2009, like... They knew each other. They're playing a married couple. Yeah. There's a lot of other people in this movie that are very familiar. Like, Mm -hmm. Brian Garrity, someone that you recognize but you can't place. It's because he's been in so much. Same with Justin Long. Yeah. And... Max Minghella, too, a little bit, mm-hmm. I think. Like, these are people that have just been around, and you see them all the time. You feel comfortable Absolutely. with them. And they're all really good. Really good. What movies does this feel similar to? If you liked blank, you'd like this. Do you have anything here? I don't. Okay. I have lots of information here. Great. So, if you really liked this movie, mm-hmm. and you haven't seen anything like it, I'm going to point you in the direction of Mumblecore. Yes. Do a quick Google search... Look it up. Make sure you look up Mumble Core, not Mumble Gore. Oh, no. They're different. Like, Mumble Gore is like a subgenre of Mumble mm-hmm. Core, apparently. I've never delved into those waters. I'm not interested. Yes. But congrats if you like it. <laughs> um, here's some movies that I'm going to point you towards that are Mumble Core. It's like that quarter life crisis, lots of dialogue, heavy on the quiet emotion. Here's some examples Drinking Buddies. About Alex, Happy Christmas, Celeste and Jesse Forever, Tonight You're Mine, Endings, Beginnings, Before We Go. Some of these are maybe not necessarily mumblecore. Again, Mm -hmm. it's a loose definition. Yeah. But I think that you might like this genre and this selection of movies. My more mainstream recommendations Mm -hmm. would be Light Crazy, Before Sunrise, Begin Again, Plus Mm -hmm. One, What If, Table 19, Sleeping with Other People, Laggies, That Awkward Moment. Like Crazy is the movie I was talking about earlier. Yeah. It's an indie movie that just blew up. Mm-hmm. It was huge. It was so successful. It's another one that I loved and watched a lot. And then I kind of had to stop watching it because it was really emotional. Mm-hmm. And then the star, Anton Yelchin, passed oh. away very young. And so that kind of made it hard to watch mm-hmm. that movie. It was just really sad. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. If you watched 10 years and you liked it, you mm-hmm. have to watch Like Crazy. The vibe is similar. Okay. Tonally, these movies that I've listed here are all very similar. And then as you go down my list, they get a little bit more, I want to say, like, colorful. Like, okay. they're, like, the colors on screen are brighter. You know? Yeah. So, like, that awkward moment, laggies, sleeping with other people, Table 19, those are kind of your brighter ones. Mm-hmm. Table 19 is similar 
kind of vibe. Okay. But it's a little bit different colors, a little bit funnier. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend looking into these movies if you liked 10 years. Yeah. Come join me in my mumblecore world, everybody. It's fun over here, I promise. It's also, it's a little bit sad, but it's really yeah. fun. It's like, well, you have, I have a great time. A little bit sad, but lots of fun. <laughs> lots of fun. Um, if you like, like, Phoebe Bridgers and all yes. of that zone, like, if you're a fan of her, I feel like you would really like Mumblecore. I think that that's accurate. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That feels really accurate. I just was trying to think, like, through the movies that we've done so mm-hmm. far, and which one I would closest tie yeah. to 10 years. What did you come up with? Okay. I don't, I think that if you've seen 10 years, I don't think you, I think if you like 10 years, you wouldn't like this movie, but if you like this movie, you would like 10 years. Okay. And that's Just Friends. Yeah. Yeah. I think that 10 years is very different tonally, Mm -hmm. but I think that if you like characters with moral gray areas. Yes. I think that if you like the returning to the hometown. Mm-hmm. There, like, are weird ties to each other that I can yeah. draw, even though I have completely opposite feelings about these two movies. Yes. I did talk about with Just Friends, I didn't even think of that, mm-hmm. but Just Friends, I talked about the thing that I liked. It was the conflict that I felt watching it. That's what made me the think of it. The conflict of these how mm-hmm. do I feel about these complicated characters? Yes. You have to do work watching that movie if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. This movie is similar in that you have to think about these characters. There's no, like, right or wrong or good yeah. guy, bad guy. Well, except... Except Reeves and Elise. <laughs> They're just, like, good and sweet, pure little mm-hmm. angels over on the side just being cute, falling in love. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I would recommend is the TV show Sweet Bitter. Okay. Similar kind of feel and vibe and, like... For me, it lives in the same world. I have, like, different, like, buckets that my different favorite things live in. And Sweet Bitter is a show that I love and rewatch frequently, and it lives in the same bucket tonally and, like, visually as 10 years and some of these movies I've listed. Cultural impact. Not much, but Mm -hmm. also a lot in a personal sense. Absolutely. Right? Like, this movie did not have a cultural impact, but... I think that it could if my connection catches on. And Mm -hmm. I have something to tell you that you already know. Uh, What is it? Because I've told you before. We're massive Taylor Swift fans. Yes. Massive, massive. Yes. Crazy fans. One day we'll talk about Valentine's Day and we'll get into it. (laughs) It'll all come out. But when the album Evermore came out, Mm. I told you, it's so weird. Like, I love this album so much. I Mm -hmm. love this album. Part of it is that this album feels like the movie 10 years. Yes. And we had a really cool listening experience where we drove through the mountains and listened to Evermore, and Mm -hmm. it was like, that is such a pivotal Evermore feel. The mountains and Evermore go together, right? Mm -hmm. But also, this movie and Evermore go together. Yeah. Like, I could cut together music videos for all the songs on Evermore using just this movie. Yes. I don't understand how these two pieces of media that came out like a decade apart mm-hmm. can be so linked for yeah. me. It's funny because I've had Tis the Damn Season stuck in my head all day. Did you listen to it? No. It's the, this movie <laughs> it's did this it. Movie. It's this movie. <laughs> yeah. If you are a fan of Evermore, you'll mm-hmm. love this movie, I think. It I even, feel super confident in that. It even has the right color scheme. It really does something for me, and it was really cool when I heard that album, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, this just goes, these just go together. Yeah. These just go together, and that's where this movie has that weird nostalgia for me, 
in that the mm-hmm. album made me feel nostalgic for this movie, and then the movie is, like, nostalgic. Like, it was so weird, and I love just nostalgia in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I love it, but I do. Yeah. Also on cultural impact, like, Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. is someone that's, like, you know, in Academy Award conversations, he's part yes. of major franchises, and this is pretty early, not yeah. early, but, like, no, before pretty he... Early. Yeah, this is pretty early work for him. Yeah. So that could be for sure. impact. Yeah, I think that a lot of these people, at least for me, this is what I know them from. Mm-hmm. So for me, cultural impact is that I see them in other stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's so-and-so yeah. from 10 years. Yeah. Like, I know that I know who they are. I know mm-hmm. the other things they've been in, but I still associate them with this movie. And in a way, it feels like this movie is their version of them going to high school together. So yes. in my mind, I'm like, all of those actors like went to high school together. Yeah. I know they didn't, and it doesn't feel that way, but it mm-hmm. feels like maybe they should have a 10-year reunion for this movie. Yes. It's 2022. It's been 10 years since 10 years. Give us the reunion. Yeah, now it's 2023, actually, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Cultural impact is just kind of weird, but I would say that for me, the Evermore album thing is a weird element of cultural impact in my life that is very substantial. Would you recommend this to someone? Yes. Feels like a silly question to yeah, ask you. It's like the silliest question to ask me for this movie, especially. Yeah. Yes. And I do. I like, I'm an advocate for this movie. Mm-hmm. I advocate for this movie more than I advocate for anything else. <laughs> I want everyone to watch it and I want everyone to watch it without knowing mm-hmm. the Reeves Elise storyline. Yes. And then I want them to watch it again, and then I want them to call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Call me. Let's talk about, uh-huh. like, was it amazing? Did you love it? When I've talked to people and recommended this movie, I will then ask them, like, I'll give them some information about it, like, this is what it is, mm-hmm. there's some sweet stories, do you like love stories, blah, 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 like, mm-hmm. okay? And I'll then ask them, like, do you think you're going to watch it? And if they say no, I'm like... Okay, then can I spoil it? Yeah. And then I tell them the whole Reeves Elise story. Absolutely. With all these hints dropped. And we see the funny yellow shoes. And then we hear the song. And it, she mentions he mentions the funny yellow shoes. And then she realizes it's about her. And then they're in love. And it's amazing. Like, I do the whole walkthrough for people. Oh, yeah. So, yes, I either recommend it or I spoil the whole thing. Absolutely. And then sometimes I do that and people are like, oh, I'll watch it now. Like, that sounds great. And yeah. like, how do I sell you on this without giving it away? I want you to have the magical experience. It's the hardest thing about a, a movie like this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that part of why it's so important to me is that I had that amazing moment of not knowing mm-hmm. and got to experience that. Like, oh, my gosh. Yes. It's about her. What? Yes. Okay, like, I, you know he likes her, but you don't realize how much, and then that happens, and I'm like, mind explosion. I love it. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movie moments ever. Yes. The little indie that could. I can't handle it. <laughs> Haley, does it hold up? Yes. I would say yes. Yeah. I would say, like, The problematic our... things are on purpose. Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Is that, like, these are morally gray characters. Yep. And so there are things that are said that, like, I would never say. Yeah. But they're by characters that are on purpose. Yeah. Morally ambiguous. And it's interesting, too, because it's almost like a time capsule movie in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that are said that are not okay. It's like, well, it's a 10-year reunion, and it's very clearly 2012 or mm-hmm. 2011. You know, like, it's very clearly the time that it is. Yes. So it makes sense. Like, you hear them say these things, and you're like, yeah, you're wearing that, like, club dress from 2010. Mm-hmm. People were saying things like this yes. at that time. Yes doesn't always excuse it, but it is like, like we've said, that's part of it. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to have these gray areas. You've got to have these characters. 
it doesn't mean that the filmmakers are saying, these are good and this is right. Exactly. Yeah. Would you watch it again? Yes. Yeah. I have only seen it once, and you've talked multiple times about the, like, joy that can come out of a second watch. Yes. So, like, I'm planning on watching it again probably pretty soon. Yes, please. And then again, call me. Obviously. <laughs> Just call obviously. me after. We'll talk again. <laughs> Maybe we'll watch it together. Yeah, yes, please. Yeah. Again. Absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. I might watch it again, like, in a couple days. We can watch it together. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll probably wait, like, a couple years. Mm-hmm. Because if I overwatch this one, it'll lose its magic, and this one is so unbelievably special to me. Absolutely. And I feel like it's more special to me because people don't know it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I oh, will. It's mine. No one it knows to, it. Yeah. So I got to make sure that I keep it special because mm-hmm. otherwise, no one's gonna appreciate it. Yes. I. Yeah. It's on. The pressure's on me. I got to do a good job of like enjoying and loving this movie. Yes. I love it so freaking much. <laughs> oh, I wish I could watch it again for the first time. Ugh. Okay. Overall grade, Haley. Okay. As a movie, yes, I give it an A, but okay. as a rom-com, I yeah. give it a B. Okay, so I gave it a B, just overall, mm-hmm. because of, like, the problem storylines that yeah. I don't love. If it were just reason, at least I would give it an A, mm-hmm. and if I'm being honest, I give it an A. Like, obviously yeah. this movie is so important and special to me, and I adore it. If I'm being honest with myself, it's an A, but when I'm trying to be a little bit more critical, I'm like, yeah, this is a B. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a secret A. Yeah. It's not a perfect movie, but it is a movie that, like, I felt so many emotions while watching, and mm-hmm. I felt super connected to the characters. Yeah. And, like, isn't that the goal of a movie? Yeah. So. There we are. There we are. Overall, a solid B. A solid B, a solid movie, a secret A. Yes. If you have listened all the way through and you haven't seen this movie yet, <laughs> one, I'm mad at you. <laughs> I'm a little bit mad at you, but I understand that sometimes that happens. And now I'm begging you, go watch 10 Years. And I hope this song I'm singing someday finds you. My letter to leave. Mm, the good times and the bad, you are the best I never had. The only chance. Thanks for listening to Rom Commentaries. We'll be back next Wednesday to break down another rom-com. To find out what movie we're talking about next or to share your thoughts on these movies, you can follow us on Instagram at rom.commentary. Special thanks to Megan Hayes for providing our theme music. We'll be back next week with more rom commentary.